Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. I can't tell you how many clients I've fought with for, not really fought with, but, you know, negotiated with for months before they were willing to close their freaking door. And then they go, hallelujah, I've got 10 more hours a week. Because I was brave enough to close my door and not be busy. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I asked you to consider where you're cluttering up your life in the name of busyness. Now, what is the minimum that you could do to have the same impact? What is the minimum effective dose of your time and energy? Your busy mind may try to convince you that this is an exercise in laziness, but that's precisely the mindset and conditioning that we're trying to get beyond. This is the kind of work you need to do to get beyond thrival and achieve flow the fifth and final stage of engagement. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Is this anything like uh, Michael Gerber's um, statements in um, the E-Myth that uh, the person, you hire people with a minimum requisite uh, ability or talent, I forget how he expressed it. The minimum requisite skill to do the job. Yeah, really similar. It's the same principle applied in a different way. But yeah, because I mean, you could say if you hire an expert to do a job they're overqualified for, you're probably wasting resources, right? Because they could be doing something more advanced. Probably you're paying them more than you have to, right? And it's so interesting that that line from uh, from Emith Revisited was probably one of the most commonly misunderstood things from the book. People are like, well, I can't hire a low, low skilled labor to do uh, my work. I'm like, did you read the book? <laughs> it doesn't say unskilled. You know, that's a really weak level of sophistication to read lowest requisite skill, minimum requisite skill. And then people would interpret it as unskilled. No, that's not what it says. It's not about, and but that, that's the distinction we're talking about here, mediocrity versus just good enough. And as, as sort of paradoxically, it's, you know, again, using the martial arts metaphor, if the person you're fighting with can do the same technique as you can with less effort, they win. They win. You know, I used to competitively swim. We're both doing freestyle. We're both doing butterfly. If they can do that stroke more efficiently with less effort, they win. I I still remember the moment and where I was in the pool. I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, where I figured out 
with butterfly, there's only one reason why most people can't do butterfly. It's actually not that hard a stroke, but they see it and they think, you guys know butterfly, the arms come like this, right? Dolphin kick. They, they see it and they, they, their brain goes, oh, the arms come out and the head comes out, you know, like a dolphin, like the head comes up, its head's up and the tail is up. That's not what's going on. If you look closely, you breathe when the hands are all the way back and then you dive your head down, then the arms come forward. That's the key distinction. If you try to have your hands up and your head up at the same time, you can't do that. You're not a dolphin. Dolphins don't have hands anyway. But you can't have your, all of your upper body stuff up like that. So you push forward. So as your hands do what's called the recovery when they come out of the water, you breathe at the recovery. Then you dive down your head. And it's the diving down of your upper torso that pulls your arms around. So you're not having to use much muscle to bring your arms around either. When you get that, you can do butterfly. I've taught hundreds of people to do butterfly just with that. What was the problem? They well, I don't know how to do butterfly. No, that's not the problem. I mean, in one way it is. I'd say, you know how to do butterfly. You're just doing it really inefficiently. And in just that one distinction, boom, everything can change. So if you're interested in learning butterfly, then that's really helpful. But if you don't care, here's how to apply that. <laughs> Where in your life are you doing something inefficiently in the name of being busy? And this requires some study. Again, I keep using the obvious example, checking your email. That's a habit that many people have that is a total waste of resources. Letting employees come in and and ask you a question whenever they want rather than having office hours, that's a waste of your resources. I can't tell you how many clients I've fought with for, not really fought with, but you know, negotiated with for months before they were willing to close their freaking door. And then they go, hallelujah, I've got 10 more hours a week because I was brave enough to close my door and not be busy. What if actually you have all the time you need and the busy mind makes it so that it looks like you don't. That's a question to get excited about. And this is another door into this is anytime you tell yourself, I don't have enough time, don't believe it. Don't believe it. And you counter with, I must have precisely the time I need So either I'm doing things that aren't worth the effort or the time. I'm not managing my time well. I'm wasting time. But you see, like the, this one of the most fascinating things that human beings say, I don't have enough time. Because time is probably the only thing that you can't change. It's there with the weather, right? Weather, time... I mean, what else is completely beyond your control? Like completely. You put enough effort into it, you could change who the president of the United States is. If you don't mind getting arrested. <laughs> you know, you've actually got more control over who the, who the senators and leaders of our country are than how much time you have in a day in terms of the absolute, like you've got 24 hours. You cannot change that. You're not Superman. You can't fly around the planet really fast and spin it backwards a little bit. You can't do that. 
You can't stop it from raining. Yet that we say, ah, I just need more time. It's crazy. It is the ultimate existential victimhood statement. You were talking about, you were, I almost said kvetching. That's, that's the Yiddish word, I think. You're complaining. You're kvetching. That's how emphatic I I usually don't use Yiddish words. That's probably the first one you've ever heard come out of me. You're kvetching. You're whining about the, one of the things near the very top of the list that you cannot change. Because we don't exclaim, man, I really need to learn how to manage my resources better. I need to learn how to flow better. I really need to stop doing stuff that is a total waste of time. No, that's not what we say. We say, I need more time. I don't have enough time. There's not enough time in the day. Which sends you down a path of no change whatsoever, which is exactly by design. Because it's the busy person that cries there's not enough time. It's the busy mind says, if I only had more time. And you can do that an entire life. Tell yourself, well, if I only had more time, then... If I only had more time, then. Would you say that saying to myself, um, I really need to say no more often, is that going down the right, a better path? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then, and that's, and then more questions below that. That's a great headline. Well, what's, what should I say no to? Why is it difficult for me to say no? What am I holding on to? So you see how that creates an investigation. I need more time is a dead end because there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, I was going to say, it's like me saying, I wish I had brown eyes, but I could do that with contacts, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, I've got more control over my eye color than how much time I have in a day. I'm I'm holding on to the businessman that I was or the business that I had. And that's, um, the results of that are not not what I really want. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it is. Hold, I, I'm very aware that I'm holding on to something, and I'm fighting with myself about that. Yeah. And so here's a way to end that fight. This is the last thought I wanted to get to, related to what I was sharing about myself, is just experiment. You don't have to make a new decision for the rest of your life. Just experiment. Take. A day, a week, ideally more like three weeks or a month to really give it a try and decide that you're just going to stop doing some stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge myself. Now, this is only for people who are already hard workers. And the people in this room all qualify, just for anyone else might be listening. This is a thrival to flow movement. It's not for people who have a crappy work ethic movement, right? So I'd say, let yourself feel lazy. That's how you know you're doing it, when you feel really lazy. And I had a number of days in the last week where like, man, I could be working on my book or I could be writing next week's blog or I really should reach out to some people I haven't talked to in a while. And I was like, you know what? I really feel like working in the yard today. And I was doing that three or four days a week. And there was some part of me that was like, oh my God, my practice is going to fall apart. And I was like, well, why would that be? Well, I got it because you could got to put in at least six hours a day. Why? What is there that really needs to be done? And there was no good answer. So I'm continuing to do that. I got one more meeting and then I'm going to spend most of the day in the yard 
which means I will have worked two hours today. And I'm going to see if anything bad happens. <laughs> you know, so far, nothing. Three weeks ago, I decided to work from home. And um, it was really productive to the point where then the next week I went, I stayed home a day and a half. And then I looked at my wife and my wife is like going crazy. And so then I told her yesterday, you know, we should stay home and strategize so that we can talk through why you're going crazy. Because I found that it gives me enough mental space to also throw away, to discard what I don't need so I can get to what I want to with more impetus, you know, with with more purpose. And then my wife was like, giving me all this pretense. And I go, why do you feel so guilty? Do you feel like if you don't report to a place where people are there that you're not being productive? Because I wonder whether or not when we report to work, we're just justifying the lack of accountability that is happening there there, to the point where we're not giving us enough space to look at it. Exactly. That's the busy mind. Well said. You just summarized the last hour. That's exactly it. That's the busy mind. If there's not enough zero, the one work won't be effective. There needs to be space and stuff, not just stuff. It's my truth that most people only have sustainably six good hours in them in a day for work anyway. The eight-hour workday, I think, is ridiculous. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.